everybody, Robert with RC Archery, and this is podcast episode number eight. Alright guys, in this episode, I just packed my mouth full of pretzels and tried to eat those, and that's probably not the best thing to do for a podcast, because now I have really good cotton mouth, but we're going to be talking about several things here today. It's going to revolve around your aiming, your execution, the way your release is set up, and um, just kind of some really cool topics that came to mind over the weekend whenever I was working with an in-person coaching session. It's a pretty cool deal. Um, guy that I was working with, he started using a silverback release extremely recent, so days. And he told me that, and it blew me away, because if he hadn't have told me that, I would have thought he'd had the thing for a year or two. It was awesome. Um, <clears throat> the information that's available today and what you can find on, you know, John Dudley's knock-on stuff, mine, um, good stuff on Archery Talk, that's a thing. Just all that stuff that's out there right now. It's, it's so cool that people can find the information and be able to self-diagnose and self-teach and, and work through it on their own and, and just get to where they are, you know, pretty quickly now. Um, we tweaked some things, how he was holding the release, executing, wrist angles, stuff like that, and it, and it really helped overall. But one of the things that I want to talk about most on this episode is actually just the aiming side of things and looking at um, how to develop like a subconscious style of aiming and some drills to do to try this out and things you can work on and shot timings, just stuff like that. And, and really wanted to go over that in detail because one, I think that was a big leading factor in the Road to 300 series that I was you know talking about at the beginning of our podcast and looking at you know, what helped me kind of jump through some some levels and stuff, and I wanted to dedicate this podcast to just that portion of it, and uh, just talk about it a little bit. Before we get into the meat of it all, I want to go over, we are still doing the bow giveaway, uh, the raffle that we've got on my Instagram channel. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's R-C-R-C-H-E-R-Y, go check it out. The uh, bow giveaway is 50 spots. Each entry is $50. You can do as many entries as you want. There's a side pot for um, tagging five or more people in the post. It puts you in there for a free coaching session that I'll do a drill or I'll do a drawing rather for that. Um, these bows are flagship bows. Um, you're going to be able to pick from one of five different bows. There's a, um, a Hoyt, a Bowtech, a Matthews, and a couple PSE bows on there. And what it is is just from my local dealership, I'm going to go and walk in there. These are models that they have on the shelf, minus the, minus the PSE. The PSEs are going to have to be special order, but they have a Matthews VXR, the 31.5 model. They have a Bowtech Revolt X and the Hoyt Axis, or Axius, I guess is how it's pronounced. Um, they have several different colors of those. I put all that in the post so you can see what you can win, as well as the PSE Super Focus and the PSE Evo NXT33, so not the new Knock on Nation one, but just their standard one. Um, these are $1,500 bows, and you could possibly win one for 50 bucks, so <laughs> pretty cool deal. Um, proceeds from the from the purchase and everything going to the local archery range here with me, Alvarado Archery. They're wanting to develop kind of a kids program there. They're doing some stuff for kids' birthdays. They're amping everything up there, so thought it'd be really cool to help give to that in a way that I can and help funnel with the, the children's side of it, you know, to try to bring some more people into our sport and support my local archery range. I think that is super important. 
and super cool to be able to do that. So that's kind of what that's all about. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll probably have this one up for a few days. There's, I believe 17 people entered into it right now. We've got, you know, a lot of spots left. So go find it, enter it, share it with your friends. Let's get this going. It'll be a really fun deal. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So subconscious aiming. I've talked about this on my YouTube channel before. Subconscious is just the part of the brain that does 10,000 different activities in our daily life all at one time. You don't have to think about it. It's on you know autoplay. It just does it. And it's a powerful tool. And not many of us utilize that when it comes to archery. But the conscious mind can only think of really one thing at a time and devote full attention to it. You can think of a couple different things at a time and do a couple different motions or things like that if you want to look at it at a time, but you're really not focusing your, your full attention but to one area at once. However, the subconscious can do all that for you. So both side and what that looks like with us when we're shooting is we're floating on target. Our pin or our dot is in the middle of the target. It floats to the left. We may think I have to put that back into the middle. I try to put it back into the middle. That motion, because my body and my brain was already trying to put it there, it overcorrects, it goes off to the right, and it becomes a cycle of back and forth, and you're all over the place. And oh, hey, by the way, you're gonna try to hit your release or pull through on a hinge or whatever you're doing at the same time, and it just creates problems. And I call this over-aiming, and I call it trying to be too protective of what you're seeing and choke the pin and try to get it in the middle and hold it in the middle and just, you know, slam it in spot. And that's, that's detrimental, it's bad, it's easy to get into. We all do it, I do it. But if you can get away from that, it's gonna help you a lot more. So test drills to do with this. There's some things you can do. Um, first, first, as far as the drill here goes, the first time that I looked at it was a Terry Wonderlay book and he talked about it and, and going over this with a student that he was working with and basically told him, go out, shoot around whatever your round is indoor round five spot vegas face outdoors a dot on the target if you're a hunter whatever it may be shoot around 20 shots 25 shots something like that is what i normally tell people you know unless they're shooting like a vegas round or something try to make yourself aim at the target do like you normally would track your scores track your groupings track your patterns after that shoot another round, put your pin on the target in the middle, create tension in your body. And what I mean by that is push out towards the target from your elbow out and pull away from the target with your release hand and do this slowly and generate tension in the system, in your bow and in your body. And you're gonna do this to the point to where you see your float become its best. And if you do this too far, then it breaks down. You'll get some twitchy movements and some problems. But there's an area where your float is gonna be at its best. And for everybody that looks different, for every day that looks different, but get to that point. When you're at that point, maintain that tension and then leave it alone. Leave the aiming part alone. It's gonna take care of itself. Wherever it's moving, let it move. Whatever pattern it's in, let it go. Just let it, whatever it's doing, let it do it. And then work your shot execution. You gotta be really careful with this. This is really simple to do. If you let off the safety on a, 
um, you know, a tension release, or if you put your thumb on a button of a thumb release, or your finger on the trigger of an index release, or you let off the thumb bar on a hinge release, whatever that may be, after you've developed the tension in your system to get your best aim, a lot of people will loosen that tension. They'll let off the, the tension in their body because then it's like, oh, it's aiming at shot time and I have to protect and you get weak. So don't do that, be conscious of that. Make sure that you're maintaining the tension that you need to have your best sight float and best sight picture. And then from that point, work your shot execution, whatever that may be. Personally, me, I recommend just thinking of your hand pulling straight back to the top of your shoulder or straight back behind you and letting it come over the top part of your shoulder. Some people need to think of their hand going into their wrist. Some people need to think of their fingers going into their wrist or elbow. Some people need to think of their wrist going into the elbow or maybe their elbow going straight back. Whatever mental cue works best for you, find that and use it. But do that part of it slowly and consistently once you start your execution, don't stop. Don't start and stop or let off pressure or whatever. Just let it happen. And then shoot a game the same way that you did the first time. Shoot that same thing the second time using a subconscious aiming. And try to focus on allowing that to happen for as many shots as possible. And it's going to be hard to do it every time, especially right at first. But do that. Check your scores. Check your groups. Check your patterns. I almost guarantee you it's going to be better. From all the people that I've worked with to do this drill with, there's only been a few over time that this hasn't produced better results. And a lot of times it's just an issue with the release or their execution or something going on with form and fitment that can be adjusted and made better. And then it still helps them because at the end, your subconscious, the way that it's going to work is your brain will, will recognize patterns. We're hardwired and we're taught to recognize patterns from an extremely early age in our life and once your brain picks up the pattern of what your float and your pin is doing your slow execution when you're working through the release and working through you know your shot is going to naturally adjust everything back to the middle and allow your shot to happen over time in a more efficient way from shot, 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 shot. And basically what that's doing is your brain is going to learn your natural shot timing. It's going to learn your pattern on target. And it's gonna be the same for you. Everybody has their own pattern. And it doesn't really change. It may get bigger, it may get smaller, but the pattern overall is the same. And over time our brain realizes that and recognizes that and becomes more efficient with it. And you'll start noticing that in your eye, you may visually see that you weren't in the center of the target when your shot broke, and it may freak you out, but your arrow is. Your arrow is in the center, and it's because your body moved it back to the center. It, you know, it made your release trip. It finalized that end part of that shot execution for you before your eye had time to process what it was seeing. Because your eye, basically, it looks in there, it processes it, it runs it through your brain, your brain sends a signal to you to tell you where something's at. Your subconscious can run faster than that, though, and that's how that helps you with your subconscious aiming. There's some drills you can do with this to help you and to get comfortable with it and to see better results with it. One I do is a shot timing drill, and it's just finding your body's natural shot timing windows. 
I've got a YouTube video about this. If you want to go on my YouTube channel, it's Tuesday's Tip of the Week number six. Check this out. My video camera is tied into my riser on my bow and it's looking through my scope so you can actually see what I'm looking at on my target and I talk you through that. And basically what it is is your body has a window, a total window from when your shot is working to its best, in its best, working out, going back to its best, and then at a point of no return. And you need to know that number. You need to know where the point of no return is. In the video, I talk about finding that time frame on there so you're aware of it. But just doing this a drill, doing this drill enough to realize what your float looks like at the point of no return so that you let down is incredibly important more so than the timing aspect of it really, um, which is something that I've kind of adjusted to over time with talking to people. And I think it's easier for people to see that versus an internal clock time frame. The other side of this is your body's gonna generally have two separate sections throughout that shot window where you hold almost dead still or basically dead still. Um, more so better when everything is better with your body equipment, fitment, all that kind of good stuff. But you're going to have two different windows. And the reason that is, is because I'm going to use me as an example, my personal shot. I get on target, I generate my tension, I get to my click on my hinge release with my anchor, and then my window starts. That's when I start my timing. And I'm looking at it in between three and five seconds at that point, my pen gets incredibly still. And then from five to seven seconds, it moves. Basically, it's darting to one side, up or down. Normally, it's darting to a side, and then it's coming back to the middle between seven and nine seconds, and it holds it really still again. And then after nine, that's my point of no return. My float is just a little bit more erratic at that point. The reason you have those two different windows like that is because at first, your, your eye is saying, okay, this is the spot that I'm trying to hit. I need to see it. I'm going to cover it. That covering portion of it is when your pin shows you that it's incredibly still or very close to the center of the target in the float pattern. It's still moving, but it's very close to the dead center. You have that time frame, and then it moves again. And it's moving again because your brain is like, okay, it's covered, it's there. Oh, wait, what is it again? Is it there? Is it really there? Am I actually looking at it? So it moves. Your eye sees it, and then it goes, okay, it's still there. I need to put the pin back on it. I need to center that back up again. I need to cover that spot. And then that's that second portion. So that's really what you're looking at on there. So it's important to know those windows as well. And it's important to get your release and adjust it for your natural shot timing. So whether that's overall tension on a tension release, the setup on there for how you're pulling and creating a little bit more tension to the trip point, or it's speed on the hinge, it's shelf link on a clicker along with the speed on the hinge if it's adjustable for you. It can be the tension on your thumb release, and it can be the tension or travel on an index release, depending on what you have. And I'm not gonna get into the release specific things on there to make your release work best for you. I can go over that in another podcast. I have videos on that. I have instructional videos that I sell all about that, where it's just micro um, information over all that entire subject. But I personally adjust my release for that first shot timing window while I'm in practice and comfortable. Meaning that my hand is more relaxed, my body is more relaxed, my shot timing is good, it's consistent, I'm not stressed out. If I adjust my release to fire within my first section of that shot window in that three to five second range, 
if I ever over aim or get a little bit tense, like at a tournament, especially the first few rounds or maybe the last couple ends or something like that, then I'm still going to be in that second shot window most of the time. And I mean, obviously this is not 100% of the time. For the top 1% of archers in the world, it's mostly at, at their opportune time. Their body's allowing it to do that. That's why they shoot inside out X's on a Vegas face 30 times in a row. And it looks like something that I couldn't go up to the target and poke and do a better point, you know, do a better pattern than that, right? But for us normal folk, it's <laughs> it's basically just trying to get to that window as often as possible. But I just know that my body and my shots and what I've experienced over time by putting myself into pressure pressure situations that if I time myself in a perfect scenario for that first window, a lot of the times I can get to that second window and get a a good shot to still happen if I'm tense. And then if I'm not and it's going over, I know I need to let down and start over. It's just a good window for me. But that's how I work it personally and kind of how I'm going over that and making my subconscious aiming happen for me. This was the turning point in my 300 series that I was doing and talking about on here and my podcast. And the more I can do this, the better my shots are. And it's really just finding mental cues that work best for you in your release execution like I talked about with you know what you're mentally thinking about with your hand or your release or whatever it's doing that's a big part and then just generating the correct amount of tension to begin with so that your brain can let go for the shot execution because a lot of people they have so much movement in their shot and and it's hard to have good shot execution when you have that movement in there so if you can calm yourself down and get a better visual picture it makes execution a lot easier and every day is different some days you're going to be good some days you're going to be bad some days you're going to have to diagnose why your shot's not looking as good but that's something to work on something to look at on there um that's it guys that's all i got i've got some information for patreon that i'm going to put down in the post below if you want to get on there there's different levels if you want to just support me there's cheap there's levels to be able to let you ask questions and get priority answers. Um, there's discounts and there's things for coaching and just different stuff like that. So there's all kinds of things on there. Check it out for me. Tuesday's tip of the week this week is going to be over my gear list, what I take with me to tournaments, what I'm using to work on my bows. And I'm just going to kind of let you see that and let you go over it. I get that question a lot. And I think it'd be a good idea just to make a video so that I don't have to type it out every time and go over it. Because I miss something every time and this will be a lot easier for me to just do it. And I can say, here's a link. Here's everything. If you see me in a tournament, come say hi. I love it. I like to be able to talk to people. It's awesome. It freaks me out. makes me nervous sometimes because um, I feel like I got to do well because you're there. But I still like meeting everybody. I like talking to you. And it's really cool to be able to kind of meet, uh, you know, the people that are listening to all this and trying to, you know, find ways to let y'all be a part of everything. Also, new real estate journey, I guess if you want to call it, started with a team here in North Texas. It's the Brent Germany team. They're a huge real estate team in terms of knowledge and experience. They did $51 million in sales last year, 151 deals, all in North Texas. They want to expand to South Dallas in the south of the, the Dallas area, which is where I'm at. I'm in between Dallas and Fort Worth. I've uh, joined in to try to help them in that expansion because we want to hit 60 million in sales this year. We want to hit 200 deals. I 
think it's possible. I want to grow a team. I want to do well with this. The team is really cool. When we have deals, we all work together. We are not your normal real estate agent. We have in-house lenders, insurance, title, obviously the real estate side. We have the buyers and sellers side. We've got transaction coordinators. It's, it's awesome. It's all right here at our fingertips and it's able for us to be able to all sit down together, look at deals, brainstorm, go over what we need to and we're getting, we're getting amazing deals for everybody. If you look at closing ratios for listings, a lot of people right now are getting like 94-ish percent of their list price and we're getting people 98%. More money in your pocket. We're gonna work with you on your budget. If you're wanting to buy a home and you're just looking at, you know, like the price of the home and your budget on there, we, I mean, mindfulness of what we have and what we have access to, like just for me, for example, I had nine years in banking, I have a lot of financial um, planning knowledge and things going on. Um, I can look at stuff with you in a big picture and we can try to figure out how we can save you money in other areas if we need to get you in your dream home and it costs $200 more a month than what your budget was. I can save you money somewhere else, we can make it work together. Stuff like that, it's really cool. Owner of the team was a computer software developer for a long time. This dude's, he's super smart, super fast on his feet. Um, gives me, a, he, he makes me work for it, so. <laughs> uh, which is new for me, so it's a really awesome deal. So check it out. I'll put my info down below. I'd love to help you out when you're in the Texas area. If you're wanting to come to Texas, um, get you set up. But yeah, guys, appreciate you watching or listening to all these. I still do that. I'm used to videos. Appreciate you listening to the podcast, spreading the word, going through these. I like doing this. Try to get some more out for you this week. At the end of the week, you know, you got a Tuesday video this week. We're working. We're rolling, guys. Y'all have a good day. I'll talk to you soon.